Hey everybody, welcome to the Grow Yourself Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin McNulty, and this is your personal development school of growth, where each week my guests and I will bring and break down big ideas and practices that will help you learn, grow, and succeed in life. Thanks for checking us out. Now let the growth begin. So welcome back to part two of Ken Chang's incredible story. Um, the story is based on a book that his that that his daughter wrote about him and his family when Ken was a child, and and their incredible escape from from communist Vietnam. So in part one, uh, which has already been posted, we heard about the incredible bravery and determination that Ken and his family showed in escaping Vietnam after the communists took over in in 1975. They survived there thanks to his mother's previous foresight in buying gold, which not only helped them survive for three years in Vietnam, but also eventually paid for their escape. So after escaping Saigon in a truck filled with livestock and other people, Ken and his family then boarded a small but very crowded boat, uh, but within only a few days, the boat broke down and they were stranded in the South China Sea for around 21 days with no food or water to speak of. They faced a range of terrifying challenges from getting stuck on the barrier reef to encountering you know, shark infested water and e even people dying to the sea. But despite all of this, they never lost hope and they never gave up. And eventually they were rescued and became refugees for 13 months in the Philippines. And this is what part two is about. But even more, um, you know, even more remarkable is what happened next. Ken's family, again, never gave up on their dreams of a better life. They had heard about and really knew about America, that it was known as the land of the free and land of opportunity. And they knew that this is where they needed to, to, to go. And so after 13 months in a refugee camp in the Philippines, they journeyed to go to America, where they then worked tirelessly to build a new life for themselves, and they succeeded, thanks to, again, this determination. Ken's story is a powerful reminder that when we're going through hell, we must keep moving. We must never give up on our dreams or our desires for, for a better life, no matter how difficult the journey may be, because in the end, success and happiness are within our reach. And if we are willing to work for it, it will happen. So join me now for part two as Ken talks about uh, being rescued and then eventually landing in America. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Ken, uh, okay, so kind of take set us up for when you eventually saw the, the Filipino boat and this, that, and the other, so so we can move into that area. Okay, the Filipino boat came so over. So you've been, on, you've been on the, in the water how long now before you saw it? 21 day now. Okay, 21 day. 21 days. day, the kid died two hours ago. And uh, the, the Filipino boat uh, parked by and uh, came on our boat, tried to save the little kid, and it was too too late too already. Late. But the they body, saw uh, you or you saw them? They they just by curiosity, they, they thought they they discover a treasure oh. because the boat has been drifting. No answer. They're going to have to come by and whatever See they what's could. up, yeah. It's a third world country everywhere. Yeah. So they, yeah. they're trying to, you know, get whatever yeah. they can, you sure. know. The boat was... So they came and then they, they saw a bunch of people. They they came over. They they call they call back to the embassy or whatever and say, hey, we discovered these people. And then you know, can we rescue them and all that? And then of course at the time, 1978, 79, 1978, yeah, at the time, July 1978. Uh so the the US and the international uh they they you know whoever comes out to the escaping from South Vietnam, they rescue. Yeah. yeah. So, so they, they turn these people to refugee. I see. Uh, so, so the Filipino did, you know, call to the, the central, whatever. I don't remember what they call, sure. but, but they, 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 they said they're going to rescue us. So they came over the moment they came over the captain, he throw up because it's too filthy. 21 day people pee and poop inside the bowl and, you know, thrown up inside the bowl and dead body, you know, living in there. In fact, uh, one, one teenager that came, you know, that I think the second person died 
he's literally sleeping next to me, that person. So I was sleeping with a cord before. <laughs> so he's literally next to me. So so he died and the very next day we're throwing in the you know, bless the body and I'm throwing the ocean. So basically at the moment you ask me, am I fear about those situations? No. Because you, you just don't have time to to think about other things that being scared, you know, hey, the dead body is next to me. I mean, just like during the war when when uh, the US troop withdraw and and you know the pilot, you know, the pilot land the helicopter into the building next to my grandma's building. And then we went out and and, and to visit my grandma. We see body park are pulling out of the building. I seen things like that. So as a little kid, so you see, you see body part basically, yeah. you know, dragging out of the building and and you, you see grenade on the floor, you see machine guns on the floor. I mean, it's just a mess at the time, at in that moment. So I don't even know what to think. You ask me, do I scare? I at that moment I don't, you know. Yeah, just, I just don't know. By what, then you're probably numb, you know. You're numb. You, you just, just don't know what to yeah. think. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so get back to the Filipino. Uh, the Filipino uh, said yeah. now it's in the dark and the storm is coming mm-hmm. and it was pouring down on rain at the time he came over. And then we are drinking water. Everybody is throwing up like crazy. We are cupping down water and it was pouring down rain and catching water. They're bringing water over to us. And the moment we're drinking, we're throwing back up. Yeah, the body is not taking it. Yeah, we can't handle it. Yeah, yeah you cannot handle it. So we do taking a lot of water, but, uh, you know, coming back out. So I don't know how much kept in there, but we survived. Yeah. Any, anyway, so they said, we cannot take you guys over. Your boat is too small. Our, our ship is too big. And then if we park next to other with the, with the you know, the, the strong wave and the highway, and we'll, we'll crush the two. So I see. They, they said, you know, we cannot rescue you tonight, but the, the, the Cat 5 is coming. The Cat 5 is already Whoa. pretty coming. Uh, yeah. A typhoon? Typhoon. Oh, no, oh. Uh, they call it, call it hurricane. Hurricane, in, okay. In, in, in Philippines, yeah. Oh, they do? Okay. So it's Category 5, hurricane. <sighs> okay, so it makes the story more interesting. And it was pouring down rain after the kid died. And the Filipino, uh, you know, by chance came by and, and find treasure and rescue us. And then the very next day, they strategized. They're using that little outrigger bow where they, you know, go catch fish. They have 43 fishermen. They have 43 of those long, narrow with outrigger on the side. All right. They take a, a, a basket of uh, uh, a rock with, with a bay, feather bays on the hook. They came back with a, a basket of fish. Every morning, these Filipino ship fishermen. So they have a quarter of the meat. They have a quarter of the meat and they have to fill up that uh, storage before they can head back to the quarter. So they said, we can, even though we rescue you, we cannot take you back to Manila yet until we fill up the quarter. We said, you know, as you know, at that time, what, what choice do you have? Yeah. So we, yeah, the very next day they, they used the, the fishermen to take one person or two person, two people at a time uh, from, you know, from one boat to the other. So it took hours transport the people as wow. soon as we get on they use the pump use the ocean water and rinse us out everybody because the bacteria is on us and the smells on us oh, wow. okay. and they can't use the fresh water to bathe us because you know we they, they have to reserve for now we have 100 plus 43 and so basically it took hours to transport the people from the little boat to the to the big ship two and at a time the outrigger cannot fit a lot of people. It's so skinny. I see. Oh, I yeah. See. They can only fit one person, I see you know, the fishermen and you. So basically. this took hours to get everybody from one boat. It took to the hours. Boat. Yeah. Like I said, it took hours. At the same time, the waves start picking up. Wow. It was not easy to get even from our boat to onto that. Wow. Yeah. So I, st- I still have a very vivid memory about the whole situation. So, so they transport us over. And then when we, they were, making they throw the whole fish into a big container and boil a bunch of uh we call it kanji which is rice soup oh, so wow. it helps tremendously because sure. we cannot take in any solid maybe they 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 
they knew about a little bit about uh human you know when you get hungry too long you can't eat any yeah. solid you gotta start with uh just here yeah, with yeah. soft thing yeah. with a liquid liquid diet so they boil a big container you know country with with fish and then when we get on and that's what they feed us and that the the, the the next seven days, that's what they feed us. Nothing solid is all kanji. Wow. Maybe they got instructed by the yeah, headquarter. Well, yeah, some some medical So, so that's what they feed yeah. us because yeah. I'm glad they did. If they feed us with solid, maybe some people will die from it. Yeah, because yeah. the body can't handle it. Yeah, Yeah, but, your body cannot handle it. So basically we did eat, but we cannot digest. Okay. It was always stuff. I still remember that moment. Still remember that uh, you know that time, and the 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 stomach is not digesting; it just lost the function. It, yeah. We still continue eating. Yeah, yeah. So because we've been hungry so long, and I beat any survivor over here, the survivor show. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the 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 thought you know crossed my mind about you know what you've been through compared to. You know, the survivor over eating, here, they feed me, they're eating worm. I haven't yeah, eaten yeah, worms, yeah. so I don't know about it. Yeah. But anyway, we've been to 21 days without food and water, with yeah. very little source of uh, water, like the first two weeks, maybe a couple, you know, spoon or two. But uh, long story short, we ride with the, the, the fisherman. The captain, you know, set up a... Uh, 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 negotiation before they even rescued us i see okay so they want 43 watches they want three thousand us dollar that's this that's the stipulation before they rescue us wow yep and uh you know it's hard to fathom that because you think to yourself that you know and maybe that that's maybe that's coming from more of a first world thinking that you know, you see somebody, you rescue them, and you don't want you don't you don't rob these people. Something. No, but, it's our whole country. But these are yeah, yeah these are hungry people. I, I hungry. mean, I'm just trying to say it's 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 interesting to hear that. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Wow. Just because they're hungry people, otherwise yeah. we we'll, would we'll be dead already. Yeah. Because yeah, they're yeah, hungry, yeah. They, they thought that they discovered. Course, yeah, and you will give them whatever. I'm sure. Yeah. Sitting over here and talking to you, you know, yeah. if they don't come by another day, we're all right. dead. Right, because right. the cat five picking up. Wow. wow. The category five, even the big ship has, you know, gone like this. Sure. sure. Yeah. So we were on the boat. Yeah. yeah. On his uh, big ship. Okay. But uh, so the negotiation was 43 watch. They have 43 uh, fishermen on boat. And then they want 3,000 US dollar. And then they, they want two women. $3,000 in, in 78 and 77 was pretty good clip of money very good money and guess what and uh, nobody has u.s dollar we came from vietnam oh wow so the captain made up with gold okay. so each bar has two ply they take the middle ply out so to cheat them <laughs> so gave them 30 30 gram instead of 30 gram maybe 15 gram i yeah. see yeah because they don't know any better right. yeah right 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 so I learned all that from my mom. So Everybody's now. trying to, to survive yeah. here, right? And then so. we didn't come up with 43 watches and we came up short and then made up with additional gold. And then finally they agree. And then they found two women that sneak on our boat in pay. They are the one who serviced them. Wow. Yeah, it is tragic. But, you know, you at that moment, what choice do you have? And then we were not supposed to even talk about this, you know, because they rescue us. And then this is their, you know, yeah. Their, yeah. The, the, the negotiation that we agree upon on. And and uh, so wow. they did, they did talk to women with them for, for, for one week. Yeah. Wow. Two young girl, that was to say, two young girl. But anyway, seven days later, they drop us on a, a very small Filipino island. They have over a thousand or three thousand island. I don't even know yeah, to make up Philippines. Yeah. Yeah. And the 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 island they drop us on is called Marlboro. It's just like the Marlboro cigarette we have. Wow. Same exact spelling, Marlboro Island. So we stay there for ten days. So and that island was less than uh thirty people. Oh, 
nobody lives on there. It's like a oh, vacant island. I see. Like, oh, wow. It's got a little church up on the hill, and it's got a one little shop. Maybe few family lives there. Less than 30 people. Wow. Yeah. So there was no communication from that island to other part of the world. So it's all about from, you know, written up a no and then, you know, voted out. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, don't even have electricity. Oh, wow. You talk about, you talk about country. Yeah, wow. that is super country. That's super yeah. country, yeah. Yeah, super country. Wow. So we, we lived there for 10 days. We dig our ditch and then we fill up the ditch. We cover up the ditch, you know. Now you have 100 people on the island. So now so there's 100 people there. Yeah. Eat us, though. Wow. Oh, and I of see. course, you know, every day they have boat coming in and bringing us food. Oh, I see. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So yes. they do have a neighbor island that is more, uh, more civilized, I yeah. say. Sure. So, and then 10 days later, the U.S. Navy ship came by and picked us up. We have to climb the 30 feet ladder to get on the, on the ship. So. Big ship, huh? The big ship came. Yeah. One of those, uh. I don't remember. It's probably fighter jet ship. Like a carrier, ship. huh? Carrier, yeah. Wow. Ooh, that's Camp huge. Up and then take us to Manila and ride the, the army truck to uh, the refugee camp. That that was the trip from, you know, boat to uh, Philippines, uh, Manila, called uh, Mandaluyong, Mandaluyong, Anik uh, Mandaluyong uh, uh, refugee camp. And guess what? That camp is house uh, crazy people, meaning people have psychological problem. Oh my! It's like housing those people. It's it's a hospital. It's a hospital. That's mental where you went hospital. to stay. Wow. Yeah, it's a mental hospital. Did you interact with the 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 people? No, we no. just blend right in, and then we're living. We live on the quarter. We live yeah. in corners of the building. But I bet you cherished it. <laughs> people just walk around the the. Yeah. Facility, yeah. the the, yeah. the the psycho people, you know yeah. the yeah the mental problem people, yeah. yeah so so Ken, before we before we go on with that, you know, let me just sort of, um, I guess you could say maybe recap or re, re, or or talk to you about, you know, do you remember at the time when you were either in the small island or in Manila? Do you remember? either conversations with your mother and father, or do you remember how you thought about about this 21 days? Really, it was more than 21 days, right? It was really 31 yes, days because you spent 10. All that 21 day was forgotten because now we we yeah. just happy to be survived. Yeah. We were happy to be treated like a king wow. because all this international uh, support yeah. that we're yeah. getting, attention that we get, and, and the local people are being so... Uh, so, so Jen, you know, they are very, very accommodating. Their hospitality is crazy. You know, yeah. they bring Filipinos us money, are beautiful bring us, people. Yeah. You know, they're, they're beautiful, you know, people just, yeah. you know, helping. Yeah. yeah. So, so the, the Asian community in the uh, Philippines, they are very wealthy. Is that Even right? today. No kidding. The government over there has to bribe them to do something. That's how wealthy the Asian community over there. So they step in and help us. Mm -hmm. And uh, to make a, you know, just give you one scenario. So when the water was dried out, you know, Philippine water is essential. Okay. Not a lot of neighborhood has water. So people come with any size of bucket just trying to catch water and save those, reserve the water for cooking, for bathing, for whatever. Yeah. So water was very hard to get. And then, you know, we were out of water in that refugee camp for two days. And then, you know, we got thousands of people in there. Wow. And then we all struggling. And it's hot. Philippines is hot. And then we call to uh, the Chinese community in Philippines. Next hour, they send 10 fire trucks over. Just to give us water. You know, wow. fire truck is not like a faucet water. It no, can't man, you're talking about a mile away. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they bring they bring a lot of fire trucks over just to rescue the refugee camp. And and then they, they send a representative over and say, Hey, cannot be like this because you you guys have so many people here. You guys uh, you know, 
cannot live without water. The very next day, they bring a drill in and, and got us a pump. Got us a huge metal tank with a pump filling up the tank. And guess what? All the Filipino in the neighbor can't get the water from us. They're the one who implement the water source. They go down. I don't even know how deep yeah. to, to draw the water out from That's the That's unbelievable, the man. What I mean, yeah. it's a blessing. I mean, it's a very blessing. All these people are so, so nice and, and, and helping, you know, just to help. You know, yeah. nobody pay for it except them. They're paying for yeah. everything. Yeah. And these were just Chinese people that just lived there? Just Chinese, local Chinese people living over there. Yeah. And, and they are being, being wealthy. Yeah. I see. And it's, 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 it's yeah. That's amazing. I, I mean, yeah. really, that's just completely Very amazing. enthusiastic. Yeah, yeah, to help people. And then wow. they, they pack. Hey, you have 3,000 people. They pack 3,000 package of gifts. Within it is daily stuff, you know, like toupees and, you know, whatever that people need. They make it into a gift package. They bring truckloads of gifts just to pass out to all the refugees. Wow. You don't see people like this anymore today. Wow. <laughs> So wow. that's what we received. And at that moment, you don't remember the 21 days already. Yeah. And then we, we treat like, you know, and then, you know, you expect to go to US, you expect to go to Australia, Canada, you know, whatever country you want to go to, you can apply. Yeah. So, so the, uh, so the, you're, you're in this refugee camp uh -huh. and I don't know if it's through the, the United Nations or whomever it's through, but essentially from there, everybody who is there is hoping to go to some other country uh, to live the rest of their lives, correct? Yes. So okay. whatever the country opens up, say, hey, we have, uh, we, we're accepting a hundred. Let's say, let's say uh, Norway. Norway is accepting uh, over a hundred uh, refugee. And then we apply, we got accepted, our family. I remember reading this. This was crazy. Yeah. Right here. And then here comes 3,000 refugees. Mm. Oh. Nowhere's to house. 3,000 refugees, more than 3,000 from Vietnam all the way to Manila. Wow. Nowhere's to house them. You know, our camp is filled. And uh, so they said, since since they, they're the ones so packed, and then let them go first. And then that's how we already bought luggage. We already bought clothing and, and ready to leave to Norway, my family. Wow. And then we have to give up the seat for, for the people on that big boat. Wow. The big ship. So that's why we end up coming to U.S. I mean, everything is for is there for a reason. Yeah, yeah, you could be speaking Norwegian right now. Yeah, a maybe Norwegian podcaster. Be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't speak uh, English anymore. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what uh, language they're speaking over there. Norwegian. Wow. Yeah, Norwegian. But anyway, yeah, we, my mom, my mom is uh, determined to come to US. My father was, you know, just want to go to whatever country yeah. that, you know, comes first. Yeah. And then uh, it starts with the smaller country. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then, and then, uh, Canada, Australia opens up and people are flooding to Canada's and uh, 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 Australia. My, my dad said, let's go there. You know, we've been here like 13 months already. Let's, let's you know, apply. My mom said, wow. she's so determined. I want to go to USA. I don't want to go back to a, another communist country. I want a strong country. My mom is determined. This US. Is amazing. Yeah, I so remember reading this part going... I yeah. was shocked to read this part because I just thought, you uh -huh. know, if I'm there, Mitch is probably what your father was thinking. Let's go wherever Let's go we Canada. can. Canada is you know? a big country. But your mother Australia. said yeah. no. Yeah. She, wanted she said, no, we need to go to a, 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 a strong big, country. country, strongest country. You know, nobody can, you know. <laughs> right. But that, that's how we end up coming to U.S. But we waited a lot longer. A lot of people are uh, five months, they're already gone. Six months, they're already gone. Eight months, they're already gone. Go to Canada, go to Australia, go to France, go to... Yeah. Right now, I have uncles in Australia. I have people in France because we all came out in different part of the uh, world. We end up in a different part of the yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. Now, all nine of you are still together, the brothers and sisters? Uh, all, all, my, my father came to United States. Unfortunately, he lived another uh, eight year and then he passed. I see. And then uh, my mom's still with us, and then all five of yeah. my siblings, you know, all four of my siblings still yes. with us. But so, yeah. oh, but all nine of you came from, or 
Not nine, seven, seven of you. Seven of you came from the came straight to Philadelphia. Of Philadelphia. Wow. Philadelphia. That's where we, you know, uh, first stopped. Yeah. By yeah. boat or yeah. by airplane? How did you? By airplane. You, yeah. the, the, the government flew you over. Okay. Yeah. The local church sponsors sponsor us, and then uh, the the government flew up, flew us over, and then put us on welfare, and then guess what? Three months later, we off welfare. Yeah, now I wanted to ask you about that because I that blew my mind right there as well. But yeah. it, I maybe didn't surprise me, but it was still mind blowing to read it. Okay, so now you are you're you're now you've arrived in Philadelphia. How old are you then? Are you probably thirteen or fourteen? I am 14. Or 14. I'm fourteen, 14 turning fifteen. Yeah, wow. so that's incredible. So, so I live in Philippines for thirteen months. Yeah, so I lost five years of education from uh, nineteen seventy five to nineteen eighty. I come wow. come to United States October 18, 1979. So you're fourteen. Okay, that's very interesting. That's exactly the year that I went into the Air Force. What what month? I'm curious. Do you remember? October 18, 1979, wow. I come to United States. Okay. Yeah. I call it 1980, so it's almost yeah, end of the year. Yeah. Okay. So, so round it off, it's easier to do math, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you arrive in Philadelphia, and what happens from there? Uh, we just do normal kid but stuff and school, uh, apply though, right? to school. Apply to school. What grade did you go into? I I got into eighth grade, but for like a couple months, and they moved me up to ninth grade. Okay, so it's only a couple months okay. and uh, to ninth grade. And then that's where I actually started. And then I flung to the whole high school year because of the the, the language, the, the language barrier and the gap. And I also come from behind losing five years of school. And, you know, all that time was loose because 1975 to end of 19, you know, 79. And it's literally pick up from there. Wow. Yeah. So basically all the basic yeah. stuff, I, I don't have, uh, wow. I don't okay. have a hands on. <laughs> That's incredible. I mean, really, but okay. So you, you arrived there and you were put on welfare and then three months later you went off my dad, welfare. My, my dad, this. my dad decided to go out and work and work for a, a metal factory and making $3.35 uh, at the time. <laughs> and then, you know, just barely not even enough money to put, you know, to put food on the table. And he can't speak English, right? He can't speak English. And he's a heavy laborer, you know, just, yeah, you know, come home with backache and come home, you know. Yeah, sure. But we were off welfare very quickly. Yeah. And then we were on our own. Yeah. And then guess what? We we all start, you know, working. I start working when I was 15, 16 years old. Yeah. So wow. like uh, summertime. When summertime comes and, you know, uh, uh, New Jersey has a lot of uh, grape farm, uh, strawberry farms and uh, blueberry farms. And then we wake up three o'clock in the morning and uh, ride to the gas station. The bus will come pick us up and take us to the farm. By the time we get to New Jersey farm, it's like five o'clock in the morning and you start picking up, picking blueberry. So one one tray has twenty four uh pines on it. So you gotta fill it up. No leaves, no stem, no little one. All you gotta pick all the big one by hand. So that's what that's what I did for a couple of years. And you were As working with kid. who? Who 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 were the other people with, working with? Just with all this, all my sibling and my mom and dad. Really, and but yeah, other, and other mom, Americans and, and such and so, yeah. Yeah, we, we the whole family go farming and, and 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 do what we can do to make money. And we in fact we are super happy about it. So because we make, you know, 20 bucks a day, we make 12 bucks a day. And you know, with the whole family, you add up like 80 bucks, a hundred bucks, you you you're happy, you know. Wow. And uh so so we bless on that and then and we did that for a couple of years and until uh uh, opportunity came and uh my mom decided to you know buy a small restaurant and for thirty eight thousand dollars i think bought the how, business how did you afford a, a restaurant we saved up with farming <laughs> i knew you were going to say that but i was just thinking you know we're not a you're living but you're Whatever living we, make, we try to save and then we start the business that's how we that's how we get ahead of other people you know 
Yeah, we saved up whatever we make, and then we we just you know. Yeah. My dad is bringing in income, and then you know our life situation got better. Sure. And my dad uh got into a casino and worked in a restaurant, and he's bringing in uh, tips as a busboy, and our situation changed, and it got better. It got a lot, a lot better. And then uh, when my dad stopped bringing in a lot more income, and then I went out to do waitering job after that. I, I was a dishwasher, busboy, and then a waiter. And then since I've become a waiter, a waiter until I finished college. So so we chip in the money, what, whatever we made. My, my brother was a chef for a restaurant and then he become a waiter. We all work just like everybody else. You know, we all chip thing, in the family yeah. and keep yeah. the family going yeah. and save up the money and buy the business. Yeah. Yeah. So you bought a restaurant and um in North Philly. And then uh we worked we, we owned that business for uh three, four years. And then my older brother gave up his uh luxury to go to college and you know to help the family to run the business. So uh, I mean I, I don't want to presume was it was it a Chinese or a Vietnamese restaurant? It was a Chinese takeout restaurant. It was okay. a Chinese Takeout restaurant, just like the, the takeout restaurant that you right. go to, yeah. But it's a lot, you know, smaller. Yeah, yeah. not not as pretty yeah. as today's yeah. Uh, yeah. equipment, like today. Yeah. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. So just, I mean, yeah, it came from a long way. <laughs> wow, I mean, you know, and so just to sort of, uh, you know, wrap wrap this up. So then, so you obviously get through high school, and then you go to college, and yeah, I I gone to uh you know all four years of uh, high school and mm-hmm. obviously you know with the with the barrier and i literally you know the teacher just let me go let's put it that way yeah, yeah. <laughs> they oh, just oh, let me graduate i, I had that I, situation I didn't pass too. anything but he, they just let <laughs> yeah. me go yeah meaning and uh, there's no college would accept me yeah oh, i tried yeah. to apply to temple drexel whatever really? you know, penn state really? because i'm you know, such a bad student because of uh, the grading situation uh, and no college would accept me. And uh, so, and then, you know, everybody going back to school, I'm still at home. And my mom said, what, what are you going to do? You know, you yeah. 18 year old, you, you know, you, ha- you only have a waiter job in the weekend, but you got to do something. And she said, you know, you better go back to uh, school. So I walked in community college, apply for the apply and then you know i got an advisor to advise me and look at my grade oh you good in art that's the the the, the section i was doing well interesting he put me in he put me in uh architecture i said what is it he said you do a lot of drawing i said just put me in wow that's how i could become an architect that's incredible it was by chance it's not because i like it Oh, because I choose to, yeah. you know. You know, I think about something like that, Ken, you know, and it, you know, now this makes me think of my faith, you know, how I believe God works sometimes is that you may have gone to another person that was maybe just at the next chair and they not had seen your art and understood that. I mean, it's possible. Mm-hmm. One other person would have not recognized, oh, you're good at art. And they, and they put you in some kind of other soft humanities course as opposed to seeing that mm-hmm. when you're 18 in community college and that then turns into you being a very successful architect and designer and so yeah forth. That's, that's a pretty amazing actually piece. i've been blessed and uh, when i when i go to community college that's when i really pick up the language and i got so, a very good english teacher to guide me in the right direction yeah that's important Yes. Without guidance, just the high school, I didn't learn anything. I was, I was literally, you know, giving up school, coming home, you know, just throw my book back on the side and then just head to the basketball court. My mom has to go to the court to grab me back for dinner every day. I don't do homework and, you know, I, I lose interest because I'm not catching up of uh, the schoolwork. So I, I sit in the class, I, I doze off and I just don't understand what's going on and kind of thing. And it just lose interest. I completely lose interest in school. Yeah. For all did, four years of high school, all four oh, years. 
Oh, in high school. And so this, so, oh, I see. Very, very interesting. And so yeah. this, this English teacher then turns your mind around. And turns me around, you know, that's when I really pick up language because right now when I speak, I'm not grammatically right. You know, I, I just speak, you know, <laughs> whatever I know, whatever I've been, have learned, you know, yeah. since I passed uh, 18 yeah. years old, that's when I actually learned the language. Yeah. Wow. So, so I don't have any uh, technical background right. uh, in terms of grammar or, or whatever, you know, because yeah. I, I I fall short on education. So I pick up at the at the end of it. And I, I, I I'm blessed and I'm doing well, very well in college. So as soon as I, I got into col uh, community college, that's when my life changed, you know, like I accelerate in a different way. But you so, felt different. You started to see, as you say, that light in the tunnel. You started to, yeah. and this this gives you some some energy, right? Yeah. No, you you basically discover what you can do already because you know with guidance. So yeah. the when the teacher spot me, hey, you good in art, you should do this. And I don't even know what architect do. I don't even know what the profession is. Yeah. I don't even know the word of architect, what it means. Yeah. But you trust. Oh, it's it. drawing. Just put me on it. Put me in it. Yeah. Yeah. Put me in it, and uh, I'll, I'll just do it. Do what and, everybody says. And from there on, I'll just you know continue that path. Wow. Until all the way to the the very end of that path, and then and then uh, of course you know after I graduate as an architect, I came out. So this was 30, you went. You did four years then, right? I did four. I did uh, two years in community college, and then I transferred uh, the credit to Spring Garden. I got a okay. five-year bachelor degree from Spring Garden okay. uh, in architecture. So from there, I was doing really well, and I got accepted by Miami University for a full scholarship. So I got I got full scholarship for my master's degree. So I didn't have to pay a dime, and they housed me. They, I I was a TA, and I I, I make money from from school. Right. So, so it took me a year and a summer to graduate for thirty-six credit hour to get my master's wow. degree. So I, I went to it like I don't even remember what the campus looked like. <laughs> oh, no kidding! And so yeah, that's how quickly I finished my master's degree. Yeah. So now, what I do you? What do you? Twenty-one credit. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, so now, what are you feeling and thinking? Can I, what is your mind like now, in in your master's program? I mean, I I mean I I don't. I mean, you know, just don't give up trying. You don't know what you're capable until you try. That's what I always advise people because I didn't discover this myself until somebody put me into it. And then I say, hey, I do have this talent. When I when I presenting my 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 piece on the wall, what I design, everybody claps. Something tells me I'm doing something right. Wow. And that that motivate, motivate me to continue going. And I got pieces on newspaper. I got pieces, you know, selected by, you know, art, you know, academy. I mean, I'm not a well-known architect, but when I was in school, I got pieces picked up by newspaper that I present. So, so that means that I'm on the right path. So I'm doing something yeah. right. But I don't know what to expect to make money out of it sure. until I discover when I come out of the field. I see. So I was doing really well, uh, you know, very creative and very, uh, very creative in in the uh, aesthetic view of, uh, you know, creating wow. architectural yeah. stuff. So I mean, some of just the, the immediate lessons that you're you're speaking about right now is this idea that, you know, that you. Uh, I mean, to say that you struggled to get to just to high school is, is just such yeah. an understatement, but. You get to high school, you lose some some you lose some motivation and some energy because you know because now you're you're dealing with not as much survival, physical survival, but now the intellectual survival, and it seems maybe you know by that point you're 15, 16, you know who who has the energy after what you went through, but so you just sort of made it through high school but with no motivation no energy no. you you're working now and your mother says you know and this these are important what i call pivotal moments in your life your mother says you know you got to go do something so go back to school stay home. that's what she yeah. said so stay you, 
yeah, so you, right, you can't stay home. Go, go get, so you go back to school and then, um, then some counselor sees that you, you have some, uh, interests and some, maybe some, uh, skills in, in art and they say, okay, I'm going to put you in architecture. You say, I have no idea what you're talking about. In any event, you start this work, you meet an English teacher who then starts to help you mentor you a little bit. Right. Yes. And then, and, and, and the point is, is that when you were in high school, the flame goes down. Yes. And then it's dim and your mother says, go, and you have just enough to survive. And then it starts to grow from there, the flame. Spark the from flame. there. It's actually spark from there. Just spark because from I, there. Yeah, I didn't uh, realize, you know, uh, what capability that I right. still have in me. Yes. And, you know, not speaking the language until you graduate with a 3.6 in the undergrad. That's incredible. I mean, yeah. from, so from I said, barely I am making it to really yeah. well and people love the yeah. art that I create yeah. and you know, with guide of course I'm still struggling with anything related to English. Sure. I still do at the time. Of course. I cannot do my thesis without help. I cannot do my, you know, whatever that related to like yeah. history without help, you know, writing a yes. report without help. Yes. So I bumped into a uh, classmate and his roommate is an editor. His friend is an editor. So I become friend with that editor, Jerry. Okay. And he's the one who's become my mentor for all the school year that I ever been to. Every time I written something up and he, he helped me on grammar, he helped me to edit it and he helped me, Hey, this doesn't make sense. And you know, he helped, he, he helped to correct me. So, so basically he's a big, biggest, you know, part of the yeah. puzzle for, for for me to get through the college, and he was another student. No, he was an editor for from a friend. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, but mm -hmm. you know, when I think about this, Ken, again, I, I, you know, I don't. I'm not going to try to pretend that I understand exactly how the the, the 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 connections take place from your childhood, and to what you then experience at this point. But you know, I think I'm thinking back on your mother, when she was having this conversation with your father about you know, you know, this person, let's have a conversation with them. Let's ask him for help. And then he helps you, you see, and this process of going along as you, a, a child, seeing these things un unfold, and now you go into college. And in some way, if I'm saying this correctly, you're replicating what your mother and your father, of course, absolutely, you. I am you're asking for help. You're looking for other people who have this ability and this and your network and all of these sorts of things. It's incredible. No, actually, it, it is a great, great uh, experience learning from my parents about that situation. Yeah. And in fact, I'm still applying the same principle to my business. So I always talk to, you know, people I know and my partner, I say one hand cannot clap. <laughs> One hand cannot clap. You're going to have to need help. So the more hand you get, the better you are. So one person cannot be, you know, greedy enough to take all. So you're going to have to split your wealth and, you know, help each other out and, you know, share your, your knowledge. So I'm not worried about sharing. I, I, I guide people into business and, you know, I help people into business. I don't, I don't care. They're going to be competing with me because what I do is what I do. So, you know, the, I'm glad you can get on your feet and being able to be successful on that. I'm happy for them. So I, I have mentor, you know, few people out of, you know, being labor. Yeah. That's incredible. So, you know, I love what you're saying here. And I, I really didn't know this part of you uh -huh. know, that you're mentoring and helping other people. I mean, I, I, I would assume that you were, but, but I didn't, we haven't talked about this, but here's the other thing that I, that I would like your opinion about, because you know that I, uh, just sort of as a almost as a community thing, I coach tennis, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And uh, I even worked with your, one of your daughters for a very short period of time. But I've told many people, you know, because I just do this for middle school. It's it, there's not really any money involved. I mean, not so to speak. It's you know, I do it. I started because my daughter was going to this middle school. I started just helping the coach. And then she later was having some health issues and asked me if I would be the head coach. I said, yes, I really didn't want to. But then I started realizing what I could contribute to young kids. 
that I could speak to them in ways and help them grow and to mentor them, to speak mm -hmm. little words in, in, into their souls about life and about these sorts of things. And here's my point, Ken, that you, you do the same thing and that I always encourage people like you mm -hmm. are doing to help young people out there. To, yeah. to give them your time and your and your understanding of life, mm -hmm. I, I just you know, and of course we know your uh, your beautiful kids, and and I have to mention you know I I do want to ask where you met your wife Colleen and you have your beautiful kids Hannah who who helped write the book and then Megan and Nathan who still come to our house every week to take piano lessons from Jane, but uh, you you have. Uh, you, you have gone through this really incredible journey, Ken. I have. Yes. From being a child and, and, and now, and this brings me back to what I was reading early on when we first started. And now you have taken all of that life journey, very, very difficult life journey, and built a beautiful, beautiful family. I mean, you really do. You have a beautiful family. Thank your, you. Your wife and your kids and, and, a, and an incredible business. Very you're, good wife. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which I know she's the real boss of your house, but I will. That's another time. <laughs> uh, but uh, but but you know, but and then and then this really incredible business. You're very very successful here, in in uh, in Middle Tennessee. And and you're also a humble man who recognizes from whence you came and 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 what it takes now, mm -hmm. to be successful. And you're passing this on to other people. I just think that's so beautiful. So may I just ask, so you, so you went on to get your master's degree, and then how did you eventually come here to Middle Tennessee? Okay, it's a long journey. After I graduated, and it was a recession, okay, 1992. Mm. And uh, I don't know who's uh, being in the government at the time, but it was a recession, and there's yeah. no hiring. And yeah. uh, so then I, my cousin was a registered architect in Hawaii, and then he said, our company are open up, you want to come try? I moved to Hawaii. Oh, wow. The day I, I didn't even go to the graduation on my master's degree. I went, you know, I, I finished the, the course and I came home and I packed. Then I packed and I moved to Hawaii. They shipped me my, my degree. Wow. So the degree is sitting up there right now. Wow. <laughs> so, and uh, that's when I got, you know, my first job uh, living in Hawaii. My mom didn't want me to leave, obviously. And uh, so I, you know, no choice, but I have to because of sure. that's what's, you know, what opens me up into the field. Sure. So my, my cousin guide me into the business and, you know, I worked with his company for a little bit over a year and then I got new offer. Mm. So with better opportunity. So I, I left uh, Lewis and then move on to the next one. And then I do another five more years, and I found a computer very interesting. You know, when I came out from college, Windows 3 was just available. Oh, wow. <laughs> One, and then you have a 368 uh, computer, super slow. Yeah. And I find computers super fast, fascinating. Then I got sidetracked after five years of architect. I got sidetracked, and I started learning, you know, programming, learning computer. I find it very interesting. Learn how to build computer, learn how to write a program and learn how to do databases and i didn't know all that either those wow. things are all very interesting so yeah. i learned sql server i learned oracle i learned uh you know programming so i i know a little bit of everything that's crazy so i know how to build a computer and uh so i my interest drop again after i become a, a network support tool for uh all script so i support all the doctors computer Mm -hmm. So I, I troubleshoots and Wi-Fi and all that. Mm -hmm. So I did that for two years. I found that that's not my cup of tea either. So I don't want to go back to school and get my engineering degree or a programmer degree. So I said, let's go back to architect. So I went back to architect and I make good money on the computer side. That's why it got me so interested, left I architect see. at the moment for a short period of time. I see. So I went back and then, uh, of course, all script laid me off after two years. And then I, I took that opportunity and I moved back to Philadelphia after 10 years living in Hawaii. Oh, wow. So that journey was short. So I met Colleen in Hawaii. Hmm. So I knew uh, Raymond from school, which is her older brother. 
and for a long time for you know from school from high school from you know college community college so so when i go home and then you know i get i gather with my friend and then you know hey i have a sister out there and you know maybe you guys want to you know take care of each other that's how i met colleen how interesting i'm her brother wow her sister i knew her sister i know i know her brother but i don't know her she was too young she's eight years younger than me Oh, so it was a it was an age gap thing. Yeah, yeah. So I knew her older sister Sharon. So I I know Alan, her husband, and then we get together every time. I work together with him as a waiter. So we get together when I go home to Philadelphia, and uh, Alan and Sharon was telling me, "Hey, I have a sister in Hawaii too. Maybe you know you guys can can be be friend over there. You know to look out for each other. So since you both are alone." And that's how I met Pauline, and then we we have a click, and then you know here we go, we have a family now. Wow, oh, that's fantastic! Wow, so you met her. I didn't know you met her in Hawaii as well. Yeah. yeah. So I took that opportunity and moved back to Philadelphia. I practiced architect for five more years, and then I got another layoff. And then uh, my my mentor for uh, college for architect mentor, and he graduated three years before me, and he moved to Houston. And he become a general contractor over there. I see. Yeah, I lost my job mm. in Philadelphia. He said, "Come over, Ken. Learn what I do. Maybe one day you can do what I do." Mm. I find it fascinating as a general contractor. So I say, "Are you open up for partnership?" He's another Asian, greedy, one hand. Don't want to accept another partner. I could help him grow his business. Yeah. He didn't want. He said he's doing well. He said he. I'm not looking for a partner, but I'm just well willing to guide you into the business. He did. I I thank him for that. For, of course. And he write me, you know, recommendation letter to become a general contractor too. So he's still my friend. So he's very good. But unfortunately, we cannot become a, a business partner. Sure. And uh, so I almost moved to Houston to start my general contractor. I didn't want to compete with him or what I learned from him. Yeah. And then when I came back home and on that same year uh, my sister said uh hey i have a friend in uh in in tennessee uh it's july 4 can you drive me over there i can drive 13 hours to go to tennessee i you know i lost my job and then i i went on and i drive you over there guess what i come to tennessee and i said this is my home wow and then sarah jane she was a, a mail carrier for many years and then she started seeing 2005 is booming left and right. And she become a realtor and she find a lot of investment property that is good to invest. She called my sister over. I came over, tag along, just being a driver. And I saw what I saw what the houses she, you know, walked me for, for house, the new house is being built left and right. And, and I said, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that 10 times better. And I got the design part and I'm not. No, Guess what? Contract. I say I call Colleen up. I say this is our home, and I want to be a general contractor over here. <laughs> wow! That's that's how it came about. Wow. It's not because I choose to. Yeah. And then I went back home. I looked up how to become a general contractor. You gotta come to Nashville, take that course. I came here. I stayed with Sarah. She, you know, nice enough to let me stay for one week. So I took that course, and I went back two months later. I'm licensed. Only took me two months. So I was licensed in two months. And uh, I guess, you know, it helps a lot because I already have all the knowledge in building. Sure, sure, sure. And sure. co-building, constructions, I already have all the knowledge on the other side of the fence. It, yeah. it helped me, you know, to get these pieces a lot easier. Yeah. That's why I was able to get the license in two months. And then I came back on uh, November and I bought the house here. And then moved the family over in January. And then I start breaking ground on March. That's how quickly that was. And since then, now it's 18 years. <laughs> wow. 18 years. And I, 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 was, I would say, you know, the first couple of years, you know, after the first two years, and then it, it came another uh, recession, 2008. 2008, yeah. And 2008, uh, 2005. So yeah. three years later, it hits us. And then just like anybody, everybody struggled. So so I was fortunate enough to survive, you know, because I didn't have a whole lot out there. Yeah. 
So I was survived. Yeah. I got rid of the three house was over a million dollar at cost, and I got rid of it in time. Oh wow! So I wow, sold man. at cost. I sold it at yeah. cost, and I got out of the loan. But, yeah. I was carrying three million dollar loan at that time. Yeah, I will not be able to survive for two months. Right. Right. Yeah, for that interest eat me alive. Wow. So I got rid of the three houses, you know, at cost, didn't make a dime out of it and just unload. Yeah. And then I, you know, whatever come, whatever, you know, slow, being slow, but I survive. I don't have interest that eat me alive. But, you know, so fortunate, you know, very fortunate. No, very, very. May, I, I would I would say, of course, you know, uh, fortunate, but also. Uh, very wise as well, because again, even though, listen, Ken, when you when you say that you know here it's two thousand eight and you survived, I I think to myself, you know what? But of course you did. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, you know. But that's that's part of the that's part of the story, and it's part of why I wanted you to be a part of this podcast is because this is not a story from my vantage point of a person who is a successful architect. This is the story of a man and, a, and, and now your family and Colleen and all them who, you know, a man who came from this incredible journey of survival, of resilience, of all of these things. And, and you know, the rest is just history. It's, it's everything that you, went through in your life contribute you know it's just like you know i'm not going to say life is easy but again just to hear you survive it just, you know of course you survive <laughs> i mean you, you learn you learn the new business you know start from scratch basically yeah. i was never in business i was always in corporate you know yeah. for all this year yeah. And until I get onto the business, I stumble too, you know, just yeah. like everybody else. You stumble, you yes. learn, you 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 just pick yourself back up and you hit rock and then you just pick it up and, and continue going. But there it is. And all these things in your life are metaphors to this idea right. of, again, as a young person, you hit this reef and yeah. you're, you just go into action to to get out of this problem. So right. let me just let me just ask if, if I may. Uh, can just sort of sort of, sort of conclude here. You know, can you share with us? And you really kind of have already done this, but I, I just think it'd be a good question to ask. You know, can you share with us for other people that are that are just starting out, or that are now struggling, or that they don't see that light in the tunnel right now? Whatever scenarios that we can think of. Can you share just from from your heart, you know, some words of, of encouragement or inspiration or whatever for them to be resilient, to move forward as you did? Uh, I, I can only uh, speak for myself. Uh, in life, nothing is a straight path. Nothing. Even I'm an architect. And when I was in the architect field in with the corporate wear ties and suit every day, and it's not an easy sell either. Mm. I mean, are you are competing with you know hundreds of other architects within you know within the field, mm. and you gotta make yourself you know stand out. It's not easy. Mm. And being Asian, being minority, being you know in a, a white collar corporate world, you're not easy to blend in. You're not. Mm. So including today as a builder, I cannot blend in with the local builder mm -hmm. because I'm I'm different. I cannot compete going out and say, hey, I'll, I'll beat this job against uh, Mr. John. I'll lose mm -hmm. because I'm a minority. I'm not using that as a excuse. And I'm using that as my advantage. I see. Okay, because I'm different, I make it my, myself as a different. Because I'm different, you you need me more. You're not just uh, Mr. You know John Doe. I you see. know what I'm saying, right? So I use yeah, that. So you're as not my... using that as an idea to become a victim, yep. but you're 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 turning that around to become an advantage. Advantage. I don't use that as an excuse. That's how I mentor some of the people that works for me. A kid coming from uh, Salvador, 18 years old, working for you know labor to you know put food on the on the table for the family. 
don't speak a word of English. Got extremely skillful hand 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 craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. I say, David, I cannot communicate with you. You know, I need to talk to your boss to tell you what to do. I say you have extremely, you know, well, God give a uh, skill to you. I say one day you want to become your own boss. You gotta learn English. I did it. You can do it. You 18, I was 18 too when I learned English. I say when you go home from today, turn off your Hispanic channel. Turn on the news. Start listening English. Mm. You can talk broken English. I don't care. Right. As long as I can talk to you, as you can you tell can me communicate. what communication. I say, without communication, I say, why would you want to make $80 a day if you can make? I told him, you know, one job I pay $8,000. One job I pay $20,000. Why don't you make that $20,000 instead of making uh, $80 bucks a day at the time? So he, he did take my advice. Guess what? He's, he, he runs a three crew now, trimming crew. David, wow. he got three, four, four, five people working for him. Wow. And he's still doing my trim work. Yeah. And he, wow. he I've broken English on my text, but I understand him. Yeah. I understand him. So he, he did take my advice and he's successful today. And I'm yeah. super happy for him, you know. And that's only one story, but I, I did guide yeah. people into the business too. And uh to to go back to your question, nothing is in a straight line. And, you know, when you come to a curve, you just have to pick up yourself and find a way to overcome that curve. Navigate it, yeah. Navigate to that curve. Nothing comes easy. Nothing comes easy unless you have a wealthy father that inherited you the money. You don't have to work. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, you just have to, you know, life is life and nothing comes easy. And then, and... And that's important to the mindset that when, yeah. you know, and I think it's a, it's, it's one of the ways that I, I believe, and again, I'm not disparaging anybody, but that mm-hmm. there are so many people, and I, I would say particularly in America, that maybe we've made some things too easy for our kids. And mm-hmm. so when they come to these places that are very, very difficult, it, it takes them a minute to understand, first to get over the expectation that this was supposed to be easy, rather be able to go into a situation understanding nothing's a straight line nothing's mm-hmm. easy you just start with one thing learn english or or learn this skill or whatever it is you take action right you right. take action you have to you have to take yeah you have to take on and to do it yourself you can't you can't be depending on other people yeah to to hand you the thing yeah or to 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 walk you through it yeah, so so basically, life lesson, you just have to learn it yourself. I mean, I stumbled to the business for the first 10 years yeah. too. So you hit rock, yeah, you hit yeah. the wall, and then you just t- turn around and, and, and yeah. pick it up and do it again. Yeah. Well, you know, author and personal development guru, the, the late uh, Stephen Covey, you know, uh, many people don't necessarily understand. He had the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he, and his, the first habit to become successful, he said, that habit number one is to be proactive and and of course we know what proactive is but he he talks about proactivity in a different way that he starts with the concept that to be proactive the first thing you have to do is take 100 percent responsibility and accountability for who you are and where you're going and when you have this mentality that no matter what has happened to me in my past i'm responsible for what's happening right now moving forward when you take on that mentality it changes everything for you because like you said, of course you, as your mother did, as your father did, as you did, as you know, we, as, as I think good thinking people do, you do ask for help when you need it, but that's different than um, asking people to do other things that you should do. That's different. Mm -hmm. So the first thing to your point is that you accept responsibility for your life and then make it happen and that sort of thing. Well, listen, Ken, so you know this is the book right here it was written by your daughter hannah well several years ago now when she was in the ninth grade i think right ninth grade, yeah, freshman. Is, is it is it on uh amazon i think so it's also in the library too oh it is okay but see i'm gonna try to find the link and uh i think put... she says she's gonna update the book too to fill in a lot more detail 
I, I think that would be terrific. This yeah, book is missing a lot of detail. I, yeah. I can only imagine. I mean, you know, she was a ninth grader. You can see ninth how thin grade. the book is. But <laughs> I got to tell you, even the second time that I wrote it, I mean, I was like, you know, I was stuck on it just reading with my eyes wide open. Yeah. And it's it's and there's and especially uh, Ken, when you read it in the context as I did of of you know of personal development of of you know of using it you know to help it it ha it it shares a whole new story about what it takes to be successful in life and so can I um, you know. I appreciate you so much. Uh, you know, we, we have known you all for a long time. We love your family, all of you. And uh, <laughs> we're just very, very grateful that you're in our lives. And I can't thank you enough for taking the time to, to, uh, to tell thank your you. story here on Grow Yourself. Yeah. So thank you so very much. Thank you, Kevin. You have a great day. You know, by the way, Ken, let me just ask real quick. You know, I, I should ask where where can people find your company? What's what's your website or or, or this? Uh, SignatureDesignsGroup.com. SignatureDesignsGroup.com. And so yeah. again, design with an S in the yeah. Okay, design. with an S in it. And yeah. so and your and your wife's a realtor as well, right? Isn't yeah, she? Yeah, she sells real estate. Yeah, and she, so she's helped me to I build she sells. <laughs> build she sells. I love it. What a team, you know. <laughs> with team, yeah, with team effort here. Yeah. Oh, that's that's so wonderful. So. Okay, well, listen, uh, thanks again, Ken, and uh, give my well, best to your family. Well, well. All okay. right. Okay, talk okay. to you soon. Bye -bye. All right, bye-bye.